This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3327 for Tuesday, the 4th of May 2021. Today's show is entitled, Looking into Ceph Storage Solution. It is hosted by Daniel Person and is about 14 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, we look into what a Ceph implementation entails, what specific use cases it excels at. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. And welcome to another podcast. My name is Daniel Persson. Today we're going to talk about Ceph. And Ceph is pretty much a distributed object store. And some of the contributors to this project is Red Hat, SUSE, SanDisk, Intel, and so on. So pretty large contributors. And it's a pretty interesting technology. And I'm gonna just scratch the surface of this topic, but I have done a couple of videos on my YouTube channel on the topic, both on how to install it and how to use it, and also how to upgrade it. But the main focus of this project is either to have something where you can store objects as a regular object store, where you push some objects into this uh, object storage, and it will keep that object until you ask for that key again. And on top of this, they have also built a file storage. So you have some functionality where you can say that I want to have a complete file system and I want you to keep uh, track of all the writes and all and everything uh, that goes into a file system functionality. And you can also have it as a disk storage. So you say, here is my hard disk, keep track of it. So there is a lot of different ways to use it, but in the uh, simplest implementation, it is an object store. And I'm gonna talk about the different parts there are in this solution and the different things that you need to install. So the first part I'm gonna talk about is the OSDs. And these are services that has one storage uh, device per daemon. So I say that this specific hard drive over here, I want that to be an object storage device. And it has one daemon running on that server for that specific hard drive. And it will save data on that hard drive in a database and it will also use a wall, a write ahead log, 
in order to write to the disk in a faster manner. So when it says I want to write something, it writes it down to the log and then uh, transfer it over to the database. And this, uh, if it's set up correctly, it will be a very efficient way to store information. So you set up a couple of OSD devices, preferably over different hosts and also you can have multiple OSDs on one host, of course many hard drives on one host, but preferably over multiple hosts. You can have it over multiple racks or multiple uh, regions, so you can actually set up a a system where you say I want you to have my data saved in three different regions of the world and you can actually say that these regions are let's say Asia, Europe and uh, the US and you can separate it so you always have your data in three different locations. But in our setup where I set up it at work we had uh, over three different servers so uh, the host was important as a failover domain and I said that the data need to be on two hosts in order to be a successful write and I want you to try to ac accomplish three hosts of, of replication in order to keep redundancy. So that's the object storage device and these require at least one core and one processor and if you are writing more than let's say 3000 uh, uh, operations to the hard drive uh, then they recommend that you have at least one more core. When it comes to RAM they recommend that you have 4 gigs or more um, but you can use it with 2 gigs uh, but it's not recommended. So each uh, object storage device needs at least one a CPU core and uh, 4 gigs of memory and you have one uh, object storage device per uh, object storage daemon per uh, disk that you have in your cluster. Just having these devices is not enough. You need to have something that can keep track on where everything is in your system and that's called a monitor. And the, these monitors need at least two cores and some memory and some disk space in order to have some caching and some information about where is everything stored in your network. And you I say that you need at least three of these monitors that can keep track on where is everything stored in your network. And with this setup you have an object storage solution that actually can uh, keep track on all your data and you can use it as a si similar object storage uh, solution as uh, Amazon uh, S3. Uh, the only thing you need to do is add a radius service to it as well and you can do that on the monitor if you like and that will give you the functionality to save and uh, store data using the same API as M Amazon S3. But uh, in order to keep track on what actually happens in your cluster you need managers 
And the managers are pretty much a web GUI that can show you what is happening in your network and you can see when the system is doing recoveries or moving data around to be more an ultimate setup of your solution. Uh, so I have installed one manager per monitor. So in our system, for instance, we have uh, a lot of OSDs over multiple hosts. We have three monitors, three managers and three radios um, services installed on three different hosts. So we have uh, three of each of these services on, on different hosts in order to have a stable system that I can take down one of them, update it and then uh, the other ones can do all the work. So now we have a solution that we can monitor and use just as an Obit storage device and perhaps also as uh, a hard drive if we like. But if we want to have a file system as well, so we can mount this as a file system, we need one more service. And this service is called an MDS, a metadata service. So in our cluster, we have different pools where we save data. And when we have just an object storage, we have one pool for all the data. But when we add a file system, we will add a metadata pool that we keep all the information about. Can I write this file? Uh, am I able to read the file, see its contents? Can I list the files in this directory? And so on. And in order to do operations like find and other things on your file system, you need to cache that information in some way. So then you use this metadata service to keep that information in memory so you have a fast cache so you can actually use the file system uh, in a very efficient manner. So that specific service, I think you should have at least three of those as well. Uh, you could combine them with an OSD, for instance, if you have a lot of memory on that system. Uh, otherwise, I think you should have different hosts for that as well. And those needs at least two cores of uh, CPU and you need uh, two or more gigabytes of memory per daemon. In our case, we are running three different uh, MSDs and we have 20 gigabytes per server as cache. And that's because we have quite an extensive file system with a lot of files and a lot of directories in order to um, save all the data that we have. But it all depends on how large your structure is and how much data you actually are saving in your cluster. So that are the different services used in this uh, system. Another thing that you can install during the, the installation of this network is a Grafana server. But that is pretty much something that uh, helps the managers to show pretty graphs and so on. So it's not really an integral part of the system, just something that you can add in order to have a better uh, understanding of uh, what happens in your network because you will see it in nice graphs. Other things that you need to set up in your system is an alarm service that can keep track on the health of the system and also send you an email if anything goes wrong. And we have run this for a while now in our work environment. 
and it actually came to us because we had to do an upgrade because at the uh, at the specific point that we were we had one server that did everything because it had to do all the data manipulation and also uh, display all the information to the customers and as our customer base grew we could not have it that way and we have a lot of data that needs to be uh, presented to our customers uh, as images and other files so we needed to expand to have more web servers and a way to do that was install this Ceph cluster and then just uh, mount this cluster on different hosts uh, in order to create a larger web service web server uh, system so we have a lot of web servers that connect to this cluster and then we have a load balancer uh, on the outside so this was pretty much what I wanted to talk about today. I hope that you found this interesting. I hope that you learned something. If you want to go more in depth, depth uh, follow the links in the uh, uh, description of this episode. And you can watch videos that talks more about Seth. Uh, if you have any other comments or suggestions, leave me a comment or send me an email if you want. And I'll try to answer it as, uh, as fast as I can and uh, uh, try more open source software. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.